0: This is Dispatches from the Frontline. Readings from the diary of Sister Nan Ray, who served for four gruelling years on the front line of the battlefields of World War I. Read by Geraldine Cook-Daffner.
1: 1914, 21st of October. Wednesday. A glorious morning after a damp, foggy night and all the camp got to work to wash and dry its belongings. About six of us had a shampoo in a nice sunny corner, and in the middle of mine I made a dive after Simmons with a cake of soap in my hand. He had been taking a snap. After luncheon, a trip to the dentist to have my tooth dressed again. We afterwards walked along the boulevard and returned to camp for tea. Had some visitors. Indeed, our afternoon tea party is becoming a function and we have many visitors, officers from the rest camp as well as those of our own staff. The mess tent always looks so pretty too. We separate the tables, put fancy paper cloths upon them and deck them with flowers. Then of course we buy cakes and biscuits and make sandwiches and two le monde vows the Australian Voluntary Hospital Sisters Mess is all that could be desired. This afternoon I heard a delightful conversation whilst I was brushing my shoes near the stove outside. Our old lady, Maman, does not speak a word of English, and Simmons knows but a few words of French. She is very excitable and continually lifts her hand in horror at our mode of living. Of course, she has never thought of women camping. She wanted some hot water. There was none. Simmons had just filled the boilers and was guilty of poking away at the fire whilst poor Maman stood there almost weeping with annoyance, shrugging her shoulders and talking and gesticulating very excitedly. Simmons just waited for a tiny pause in the flow of words and then looking up with the sweetest smile on his face said, Yes, we did have one, but it died. I collapsed. The old lady nodded her head and continued. He really is the best possible sort of boy we could have here. Never sulky, never even slightly annoyed, always ready to do anything and everything. Loved by us all and quite unspoiled. C'est Monsieur Simmons. Maman is a queer old dear. She is a slight, wrinkled-up little old body, always dressed in black, a voluminous apron, quaint Breton cap and a black shawl over her shoulders. She does not seem to appreciate our food at all, or understand how we can eat it, but is always cooking little oddments for herself in the small fire under the soya boiler. All kinds of things are thrust in among the coals, particularly bits of bacon and chestnuts. 22nd of October Thursday. A rather quiet day, Chenu. Gabrielle had not felt very well last night, so she stayed in bed till midday. I had coffee with Mac and Dee at the Café Boulevard and afterwards took my bonnet to the milliner. Our bonnets are being altered. The AVH sisters have struck and have now obtained permission to have the Mrs Noah shape changed to something more comfortable and becoming. At present, they will not stay on our heads, even in a slight breeze, though I tie mine very firmly and skewer it on with three bonnet pins. Our new ones are more like motor bonnets. In the afternoon, Gabrielle and I went walking and tried our French on some of the unfortunate natives. But first, the presentation. After 3pm, we were all called on parade, the whole unit, and the officer in command presented our padre, Reverend Dick Shepherd, who leaves for home tomorrow, with a cigarette box from us all. After that, some photos were taken, the first professional photographs of the unit. Then a tea party in our mess in honor of the padre, Dick Shepherd, to which we had invited the officer in command and all our medical officers. It was a very successful party altogether, and most of Saint Nazaire surrounded the camp. Our tent is nearer the town than any other, and its green covers are very pretty, and the red crosses on it always attract people. But at all times of the day, we are an object of interest, and people stand about in groups watching us and chatting, no doubt, about the extraordinary way in which Les Anglais live. 23rd of October, Friday. We walked for miles this morning and spent a great part of the afternoon in rolling plaster bandages. A horrid game. After tea, walked again. 24th of October, Saturday. Gabrielle and I are mess sisters today. Had quite a busy time drilling Maman. We rather turned the happy home upside down, giving it a spring cleaning. In the afternoon, two very charming officers from the transport section joined us at tea. With three of our own MO's, Tea Party a great success. Special carried egg sandwiches by Gabrielle. 25th of October, seven of us went for a joyride in the Daimler. Gift of the Duke of Portland. It is a black car, 45 horsepower. The side windows are almost obliterated by huge red crosses, and it flies a red cross flag and is inscribed Australian voluntary hospital. Five of us were quite comfy inside, two outside with the driver. We drove through Pornichet and beautiful Le Bôle, on along the boulevards and through pine woods and poplar avenues turning gold, to Buds. Here on a lovely seashore, among wonderful rocks, with the great waves dashing up quite close to us, we had our luncheon, which we had brought with us. There were tinned tongues from Captain H, rolls, butter and jam, and of course, tea. After the meal, we visited the quaint old church. And by this time, we had collected the entire village inhabitants about us, including countless children. I undertook to give the latter a lesson in geography and English, and more or less succeeded in making them understand that we came from Australia and where it is. They were quite impressed and promised to look up Melbourne on the school map on the wall. We bought them some sweets and, after distributing them, started off again and, after another splendid drive, arrived at Garonde. This is a most curious historic town, built somewhere about 12th century. It is surrounded by a great wall and moat and, at intervals, there are huge towers and gateways. We drove right around the outside first. Most of the moat has dried up now. Everywhere there are trees, just now golden and wonderfully beautiful. As the leaves are falling all the time, and the grass too was sprinkled with gold, in the brilliant sunshine the effect was very lovely. We drove through the gateway below the Tour Saint Michel and found ourselves in the most charming old town, the centre of which is occupied by a great church. Leaving the car, we wandered about these curious narrow streets for over an hour and sat for a while in the church and watched the people streaming in, the women wearing their picturesque caps made of net and fine muslin so beautifully embroidered. And we listened to the organ and the choir, both very excellent. It seems so strange that in this little old town, so far away from the general tourist route, Life should go on in just the same, undisturbed way, and the people should seem so happy and contented. One feels nothing of the war, even here. Afterwards, we drove by a long route to Pornichet again. We passed an ancient windmill with a statue of the Virgin Mary inset in its walls, and I learned the story of why it is there. It seems that a young peasant, Eve Kirby, wished to build a mill but was very sad because he had no money with which to pay for it. Then the devil appeared to him and offered to build him the mill in one night in return for Eve's soul. It was agreed and the work went forward. When the morning angelus sounded there was still just one stone to be placed and with great presence of mind Eve rushed forward with the statue of the Virgin and placed it instead of the stone. The devil seems to have been distinctly annoyed and exclaiming, « "To m'a volée," disappeared in a cloud of fire. It is called Le Moulin du Diable. At Pornichet, we met Major D and Captain D out riding. So we all had coffee and cakes together and then drove home, arriving at about six o'clock in pouring rain. Neither Gabrielle nor I felt hungry enough for supper, but just had our baths and came to bed, where I am now writing.
0: Thank you for listening to Dispatches from the Frontline. This project was directed by Naomi Edwards, read by Geraldine Cook Defner. Original music and sound design by Zoltan Fetcher with producing support from Tristan Meacham and voice editing by Alex Stefner. The creative team gratefully acknowledges the support of the Victorian Government through the Community Support Fund and Public Record Office Victoria and Creative Victoria with Regional Arts Victoria through the Sustaining Creative Workers Initiative supported by all the Queen's men. We would like to thank the Selman family and in particular Meg Selman, For allowing us to use Nan Ray's diary.